Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. That you have never held anybody against their will. I don't need to. That, Why would I? Well, I'm, I'm, How stupid would it never be held for anybody. R. Kelly with all I've been through in my way, way past to hold somebody, let alone four, five, six, fifty, you said. Why, how stupid would I be to do that? I didn't say you were holding. That's stupid, guys. I didn't Is this camera on me? Yes, it's on. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Don't forget the blogs. Forget how you feel about me. Hate me if you want to, love me if you want, but just use your common sense. How stupid would it be for me to, with my crazy past and what I've been through, oh, right now I just think I need to be a monster and hold girls against their will, chain them up in my basement and, and don't let them eat and don't let them out unless they need some shoes down the street from their uncle. Robert, Stop it. Y'all quit playing. Quit playing. Robert. I didn't do this stuff. This is not me, y'all. I'm fighting for my life. Well, I had an answer to uh, R. Kelly's question. How stupid do you think I am? Very stupid. <laughs> That's how stupid I think he is. Um, when I think about all of the celebrities right now, dead and alive, that are being confronted about weirdo sex stuff, it really makes me wonder if this cult of celebrity is any good for anybody. Happy Wednesday. It's uh, the proverbial hump day. For me, it's uh, always a, a, a like it's the beginning of the weekend or something. I don't know. I, I just find Wednesday makes me believe I'm on the last part of the journey for the week. And I was thinking about this last night. I was looking, um, well, I, w I must admit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just be right up front with you guys. I was so upset about the whole Runcy thing and the way it went down yesterday that I didn't want to watch any news because I, I, I have a new uh, tact about my uh, information gathering. I watch the local news first. And by local, I mean I'm a, my, I live in Broward County, so I'm watching Dade Broward News. And I was watching that news program last night, and they went into the Runcie story, and I just got so, I was like visibly upset. So much so that my husband said, you need to turn this off. He never says that. He was, uh, he actually went in the room later on to watch news. Because he, you know, hadn't had a chance to watch news all day long. We didn't get home till late. So he went in there and he turned on a news station, a cable news station. And I came into the bedroom thinking that here was my sanctuary. And I saw this news program and I said, why do you have to have the news on? I mean, like a, like an old harpy. <laughs> and he said, because I haven't seen the news all day. And I said, but it's the same. It's the same thing. Every net network is saying the same. Blah, blah, blah. And I, and I realize that if I'm that frustrated and I do this for a living, I can only imagine how the average person feels. I mean, how many times can you listen to uh, all of these people that have been subpoenaed by Jerry Nadler? I mean, I read the list last night and I got sick to my stomach.
because I've never experienced this before. I mean, I, I lived through uh, a, an actual impeachment trial or an, an impeachment in the House. I remember being on the verge of an impeachment during the Nixon administration and then living through an impeachment in the Clinton administration. But this is crazy. 81 people get subpoenas and they're like people that have nothing to do with anything that Congress has oversight over. Congress does not have oversight over the business practices of somebody before they even get to the presidency. Congress should not have no business, uh, you know, subpoenaing and questioning the personal attorneys of the president of the United States. I mean, bad enough that we did the Michael Cohen uh, travesty. He's back in uh, Capitol Hill again today. But now, the you know, McGahn, people who are literally worked for the Trump organization as their attorneys, they're being subpoenaed? Who the hell uh, thinks this is a good idea? I, I just don't know. I, I really, I, I believe that um, that some of these subpoenas are unconstitutional. As a matter of fact, I know they are. They're asking people to violate very important precepts. And, and my, I know Judge Napolitano, or no, maybe it was Joe DeGeneva, said everybody has to plead the fifth. I'd go a step further. You know, pleading the fifth always uh, leaves that question out there, especially in the mind of Andrea Mitchell or Chris Cuomo or Jake Tapper, right? Oh, they must be guilty of something or they wouldn't be pleading the fifth. No, I would simply refuse. I would absolutely positively refuse to answer the subpoena and see how far they're willing to go on all 81 people. All 81 people refuse the subpoenas and say, no, we're not going to, we're not going to come in and, and potentially get ourselves entrapped. Not doing it. You know, sue me. See you in court. And then if they do, you know, somehow manage to to turn everybody's lives so far upside down that they have to appear somewhere in a courtroom, plead the fifth. But first, just refuse. Uh, you know, it's disgusting. There are so many things that have to happen in this country. So many things that need to take place. They need to uh, correct some of the incredible problems that we have and that nobody seems willing to even talk about forget about debate they don't even want to bring it up now i was watching a, a little clip from melania trump who went after the media yesterday she is finally taking her uh you know uh what do they call them elbow length gloves off and said i wish i that the media would spend as much time talking about the opioid crisis or talking about bullying as they do uh, bullying people in the administration. It's its like vile. And it, and I, I do believe that it's going to backfire. Is that, If there's an upside, that's the upside? As these wheels of justice seem to be stymied or unable to, to spin, people are going to start saying, well, what else have you got, you know, Jerry Nadler? What else have you got, Adam Schiff? What else have you got? Are you planning to do any of the business of the American people? Or is this just going to be 81 subpoenas and constant investigation? I mean, it's insane. They can't even vote on this 
anti-Semitism resolution. They had to postpone the vote because they're getting so much pushback from their um, whacked out left wing people. And and trust me, this is the most disgusting, despicable, watered down resolution ever that cites everybody except uh, Representative Ilan Omar, who, you know, really is the genesis for the need for this. I mean, it, it, it brings up the names of people who've been dead for a century, but nothing about her. Or dead for half a century anyway. It's mind boggling. And now there's all kinds of, oh, uh, organizations that are standing up for the, the Muslim members <laughs> of the, I, I'm sorry, are you a congresswoman or are you a Muslim member of Congress? Because I don't see why there should be any difference. You just accused all of the Jews, actually you accused everybody of being sold out for Israel because of a lobby. And yet the first people to come roaring into the pack are these uh, Muslim advocacy, advocacy groups from CARE to the, I don't even know what the other one's called. I never heard of it before, but I already got an email from them. It's, it's just, it's patently absurd. They can't get anything done. They can't even pass a resolution that's watered down about anti-Semitism because they're getting pushback from what? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from Rashida Tlaib? She's making Nancy Pelosi quiver in her boots. Nancy Pelosi said, I'll stand up to President Trump as anybody knows my history. I'm not afraid of anybody. Except the 29-year-old from the Bronx, apparently. Except for the, you know, hijab-wearing uh, congresswoman from Minnesota and the MFN congresswoman from Michigan. Apparently they got, uh, you know, Nancy all upset. I'm so sad. I really am. Because this, this once great country doesn't just look foolish. But it is thrown caution to the wind. And they don't realize that the world is watching. And the world, which has always held America in high regard, is scratching its head and saying, what, what on earth do you guys think you're doing? What about the business of governing? You know, I listened to, on a local level, the governor's State of the Union or State of the State speech. First of all, it went on too long. Listen, Governor, there's no need to, you know, lay, lay out everything. And second of all, I'm tired of speeches. You got to be as tired of speeches as I am. Speeches don't accomplish squat. Speeches are ways of like patting, your, patting yourself on the back or feathering your nest or uh, getting your uh, supporters to cough up some funds for your reelection campaign or whatever. I'm just sick of speeches. I, I said yesterday, I want to have limits, caps on how much you can spend in a campaign. I also want to, I'm sorry. I, I don't care if somebody says to me, oh, that's, a, that's not free market. That's not, that doesn't seem right. We can't keep going down this path. I think we should have ceilings. That way, with all of the modern technology, what the hell do you need so many millions of dollars to have a campaign? Go to GoDaddy. <laughs> you can set up a website for free. You know, pay pay minimal, 50 bucks a month to host a website. 
and start uh, tweeting away. Start Snapchatting and Instagramming and Facebooking and whatever else uh, social media platform is particularly popular. Just go for it and 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 forget about this traditional uh, sources. Uh, uh, I know it'll freak the media out if I say this. What happens? The last few vestiges of income for the media are political ads, right? Day and night, day and night, we'll see political ads as we approach elections. Well, guess what? Nobody watches them. Nobody cares about them. They don't work. But uh, the Internet, much more affordable, much more relevant. And uh, to be perfectly frank, much easier to turn away from. You know, one of the things that I have grown painfully aware of is how the media has such an incredible amount of power, how they can actually color the way people think about everything. And they do it with an agenda. And that is so unsettling because the Fourth Estate was designed and the freedom uh, of the press was designed to make sure that we had access to information that the press was never um, prohibited from sharing investigations with us or information with us or interviews with us that they were able to conduct on our behalf the press used to be all about you know serving the public and even the ones who weren't uh, particularly good had ethics you know, I look at what I see today, and I, I see all the negative stories, and they're, they're endless. The negative stories about the president are endless. What, 94% of the news coverage about President Trump is negative, 92%, whatever it is, it's in the 90s, okay, which is, you know, it's, it's almost incomprehensible to me. You know, you won't see anywhere the stories about uh you know, the side of the president that so many of us have come to know. The side of the president that is a stand-up kind of guy. You know, the president who calls the brother of a Democratic councilwoman in Connecticut because that was his dying wish. He has six months to live. And he had told his, uh, his sister, who's a Democrat for life, as she describes herself, that the one thing he wanted was to talk to the president. And so she, like, launches a social media campaign, and she's sitting in her brother's room one day, and her cell phone rings. And, uh, you know, she's 100% Democrat. Those are her words, not mine. So she receives a surprise call from the president. She hands her brother the phone. He hears someone say, I'm the secretary for the president of the United States. Do you have time to talk to him? <laughs> and the, the guy jumps out of his bed. He's been bedridden for the last, you know, six weeks. Gets on his feet to greet the president. And the president says, hello. And he says, holy Christ. At least he said holy and it wasn't uh, in the form of a swear. Hi, Jay. You look handsome to me. I just saw a picture of you. How are you doing, Jay? I read a beautiful story about you, and I said, I want to call that man. That's my kind of guy. 
Mr. President, he says, through thick and thin, I support you. Wow, that's beautiful, man. We love you, Jay. We love you, man. That's really beautiful what you just said. I won't forget it. You keep the fight going. We both keep that fight going, okay? I will to my end. You know, I never hear these stories. He also got a call from Eric Trump and Lynn Patton, the HUD administrator who was last week called a black token by Rashida Tlaib. Both of them told him that they were pulling and praying for him. Patton is actually going to go visit him at his sister's Connecticut home where he plans to live out the remainder of his life. And she got him some gifts from President Trump. I mean, you're not going to hear that story because he's a Nazi. He's a criminal. He's a liar. He's a scoundrel. He doesn't like America. That's all you hear. You can't tell a story like this. It just flies in the face of what you think. And that's what Melania was talking about. That's what I talk about. That's what a lot of people on the right are talking about. Just give us a break. You know, just, just mix it up. You know, give us 70% negative and 30% positive. Why you got to withhold every positive story about this man and his family and tell us every negative one? Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional, sir, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information. <laughs> Um, it makes it obscured money. At the very yeah. least, it is obscured. It, there is not a bright light shining on it. But Tucker, I mean, you made the point before. Think about what socialism is. Like the very definition is a government takeover the means of production. It's a power grab. Yes. That's what she's been all about, is a power grab. I'm in charge. I'm in the boss. I'm the boss. We go to Washington. We decide. We get the means of production. We get control. And we tell you all what you get. It all has the same theme if you boil it down to its most basic sense. So yes. she doesn't want other people using planes, but she'll use a plane going back and forth between DC and, and New York because she's important. It means she's she's the ruling class. She's powerful. Exactly. She's important. So she gets to do these things. But for you and me, we're just, you know, the serfs along the way. So we we shouldn't, you know, have a carbon footprint. Do you have any comment on the FEC violation uh, filed against your office? Uh, there is no violation, so there's no violation. Do you think that's a sign of you taking dark money? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. The look on her face when she got uh, questioned that the airport was priceless, worth the uh, price of admission. And I think it's fascinating, and what... what really uh, grieves me the most about you know i've been railing against uh, the coverage that the president receives but i don't i'd also like to rail against the coverage that guilty people receive and when i say guilty not everybody has actually been convicted yet most of us would agree they're guilty of something 
Okay, I, I can't verify uh, whether R. Kelly, you know, held uh, multiple women in his basement and wouldn't, you know, kept them chained and wouldn't feed them and made them perform, uh, you know, heinous sex acts, particularly underage women. I don't know that to be a fact, but I got to tell you, there's a lot of smoke. And where there's smoke, there's generally uh, fire. So uh, I'm sick and tired of people bringing these guys on TV, whether it's uh, R. Kelly or Jussie Smollett, or back in the day it was Michael Jackson, bringing them on TV and giving them uh, pretty much a free ride to weep and 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 hang their heads and 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 you know just wring their hands because they're getting such an unfair shake. When, for the most part, nobody believes that. It was like watching O.J. interviews after the trial. You know, many people in America, and let me be real clear about this, okay? O.J. Simpson, in my very uh, educated opinion, having carried this case wall to wall on a radio station, having discussed it every single day for months on end, after looking at all of the evidence and afterwards talking or having an opportunity to talk with the prosecutors, I spoke with the defense attorneys, I spoke with uh, one juror. I mean, all these interviews took place in the months after the trial. I am without reservation, without hesitation, willing to say O.J. Simpson killed Ron Goldman and Nicole Simpson. That's it. I mean, if there's that much evidence, anyone else would have been convicted. But because of uh, a lot of dynamics, most importantly, jury nullification, that uh, didn't happen, and he couldn't stay out of trouble, and he didn't end up in jail until much later for a much smaller crime. But I don't doubt that he... um, he killed them, not for a minute. And I studied that evidence. And uh, you know, if the if the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. Well, guess what? You know, gloves that are wet. And uh, never mind. I'm not going to rehash the whole trial. But I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, beyond even a, a suggestion of reasonable doubt, that he murdered his wife and the uh, waiter. So. The idea that you bring O.J. Simpson on for an interview and you pretend that you don't believe that, or maybe you really actually are too naive and don't believe that, is obscene to me. It was obscene to bring R. Kelly on, uh, Gail King to bring R. Kelly on this morning. Obscene. You know, disgusting. It was obscene for Robin Roberts to give that softball interview to Jussie Smollett and for all these people who are backing him up. I mean, Queen Latifah yesterday came out and said, well, I got to go with Jussie until I see some evidence. Until you see some evidence, the police chief, who doesn't look like he's, uh, you know, uh, anti-black men to me, he is a black man, said he has tons of evidence. Uh, Just the implausibility of the act itself sent every red flag up to me. You know, I sat here on the air that day, the day that it was disclosed, 
that uh, Jesse Smollett had been beat up on the streets of Chicago uh, getting a Subway sandwich. I got on the air and I said, hey, look, you know, we don't know much yet, but I got to tell you, I find this entire story very unbelievable. And uh, looks like I was right. You know, he has not been convicted of a crime. He has been charged with a crime, but he has not been convicted of a crime. And the crime is small potatoes, con con you know, contingent on uh, the evidence of, uh, of a hoax. But what I have to make note of and what I think is disgusting that is not talked about at all is the potential damage that he did not just to the city of Chicago, because I've already heard from all the Chicago bigwigs how it was horrible, but for this country, this country that is reeling right now, every time I turn around, uh, anything that's going on becomes a matter of race. You know, superintendent of schools fails to do his job, and, and, and the only reason that anyone's calling for him to be uh, fired is because of his race. Does that even make sense to anybody? But that's what went down at the town hall meeting. That's what was sent out by uh, Democrat Party leaders to black churches all over Broward County that you must come and support Robert Runsey. Not because he's done a great job. Because they're coming after the brother. This is doing a tremendous amount of damage to our country. Unca incalculable damage and i can tell you as a person in an interracial marriage in an interracial family it's really disturbing it is trying to foment dissatisfaction and disgust where there really isn't any look i'll call out bigotry anytime i see it elon omar but you don't have to fabricate bigotry to divide, to further divide people in this country. We're divided enough. You know, let's start a process of healing. And we're not going to be healed by people defending the bigotry in Congress. I wonder how Steve King feels. And I've known Steve King for years. I got photographs of me. I should print out all the photographs I have of me and Steve King over the years. He was one of the truest allies we had in the fight about illegal immigration in this country. Bar none. And that man made a comment which was very uh, dismissive and cavalier. He should probably have thought more of it. But I know his heart. I know who he is. And I know he is not a bigot. And yet he was stripped of all of his committee seats. A man who had served competently, ably, for years in Congress, and yet this newcomer who has spouted off anti-Semitic tropes repeatedly before she got to Congress and since she got to Congress, they're afraid to vote on a resolution condemning such bigotry? They're leaving her on the Foreign Affairs Committee? Give me a break. The Democrats are actually the party of un-American behavior at this point. They're the party of seeking to uh, dismantle everything that we hold precious. You know, right now, they're sitting up there on Capitol Hill yet again 
with, uh, you know, the, the Democrats badgering the Department of Homeland Security Chief Brigitte Nielsen. Not enough that she gets accosted in public and Maxine Waters, the congresswoman, uh, tells people to do more of it. But now she has to sit there and have, uh, you know, Sheila Jackson Lee and and all of these other um, died in the wool, un-American congresspersons. You heard me. I meant it. Be questioned about whether these kids had a chance to meet with their parents before their parents got deported. I don't know, but let's ask some of the prisoners in your district, Sheila Jackson Lee, if the courts allowed the parents to meet with their children before they locked up the criminals. Because the answer is no. The hardest thing to get is a furlough, to go take care of your business and make sure your kids are being taken care of. They don't give a rat's patoot about Americans who commit crimes. It's only illegals who commit crimes that get the uh, the power of the Congress sitting there and, and, and assaulting the Department of Homeland Security chief. They make me sick. And you know who makes me sicker? The Republicans who tolerate this. The Republicans who don't push back, who don't start investigations of their own, who don't call this out and censure other members of the Congress. Tell you what, I'm just I'm so tired of seeing these interviews with these people that like really, you know, what's their claim to fame that they've managed to stay out of jail in spite of doing some pretty unconscionable things and or at least uh, being seriously charged with such things. R. Kelly spent a day and a half in jail. They don't or more. I think I, I might have been two and a half days in jail. You can't tell me that uh, that this guy that they have no evidence on him. You know, if there's a videotape of him engaging in these sexual acts with uh, minors, give me a break. I don't care how many times he looks into the camera and says, I didn't do this stuff. And how stupid do you think I am? I think you're really stupid. Talented, but stupid. Okay? And I think that uh, you, you, you really um, don't help yourself. I don't think uh, Jesse Smollett helped himself by going on television and crying when he knew, he knew what didn't happen. You know, I don't know what did happen. Only Jussie knows that. But he knew what didn't happen. And what didn't happen was white guys in MAGA hats, uh, you know, were screaming, this is MAGA country. He knew that. So on the off chance, you know, giving him every bit of credit that I could possibly summon up, if these two brothers actually cooked up this scheme in their own heads and then decided they were perpetrated against Jussie, well, then they weren't white and they weren't wearing MAGA hats and they weren't shouting, this is MAGA country. That just never happened. That was all a figment of uh, his imagination. And the proof is that he orchestrated the purchase of red hats, that he orchestrated the rope purchase the truth is he was in cahoots on some level with these two brothers so what the hell possesses you to go on television and says uh you know uh uh 
I'm I'm so disappointed. And maybe if I said they were Muslims, it would have gone better. Wow. You know, give me a break here. First and foremost, how many people have really been victimized that now will not be believed? And then how much of the how much of these girls who have made these allegations against R. Kelly, how much more they got to go through? You know, they step up and say, look, I'm going to just tell the truth now. As terrified as they must be, considering what they have supposedly been through. And now they got to live through this guy on television protesting that he doesn't deserve to be treated like this. I mean, come on, guys. You know, um, some things are just indisputable. What's indisputable is this guy has a pension for younger women, married one. And these accusations, they're just too many. It's kind of like with Bill Cosby. After a while, you know, you just scratch your head and say, wait a second, why do they all tell the same story? You know? Here's R. Kelly, who is denying the sex abuse charges, and yet we find out he's on his way to the court today because of uh, 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 child support issues. He's just a creep. Why uh, Gail King gave him this opportunity is beyond my comprehension. Why not interview somebody who's got a story of inspiration to tell? But, you know, we wouldn't want to do that. We would not want to keep the American people encouraged, right? We want to make them divided. We want to make them as unhappy and miserable as possible. And we can do that with this race issue. Let's just keep dividing them. We can do it with the immigration issue. Let's just keep talking about parents being separated from their children. Let's ignore the fact, mind you, that the numbers are staggering right now. The border is imploding. I'm not just uh, creating a crisis, all right? I'm telling it like it is. These people on both sides of the aisle can no longer deny that there's an emergency on the southern border. They can say there isn't one. But when you have a surge in migrants crossing the border with 76,000 coming in February alone, 76,000 in February alone, the number of migrant apprehended on the southern border is up about 90%. From levels recorded at the same time last year, but it's not an emergency, then what the hell is it? Why aren't you interviewing some of those migrant women who got raped, Gail King, Robin Roberts? Why you gotta parade these miscreants in front of the American people and try to get us to be to be sympathetic to their perverted, twisted selves? Why don't you bring on real victims instead of these people who call themselves victims and are really perps? Stay right where you are. We got more to come your way. And Coulter, be with me at noon. That ought to be fireworks. <laughs>